from grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Andy Thompson. No, you're Brian. Oh, I'm Brian. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the best beer show on the internet. Uh, If you can't tell, this is our third episode of the evening. And uh, we have some of our patrons in the chat. What's up? uh, Specifically, Andy. So uh, if you'd like to uh, listen live... Uh, with while well, we're doing these and like offer your own uh, like asides and criticisms, uh, go ahead and become a patron at patreon.com slash blindness studios. Uh, and I'd like, like to give a special shout out to our black belt patrons, Andy Thompson and Devin Stinson. So be as awesome as them and sign up for Patreon. Also, I want to give a shout out to the American Homebrewers Association. Uh, they do a lot to support homebrewing and homebrewers, and now they support us during the AHA. We'll give you discounts at homebrew shops, select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zamergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. And if you're going to do any shopping at Amazon, uh, head over to uh, blindnessstudios.com, click on the Amazon link above our homepage, and do your Amazon shopping as normal. Mm-hmm. All righty. Brian, friend, colleague, co-host, man with a beard. What have you been up to brewing lately? I actually wrote down. Oh, you wrote down a thing? Th- yeah, three things. Ooh. Well, no, no, not for this. I mean, for the three episodes I wrote that's down. That's amazing. Actually, that's, that's kind of cool that you yeah. actually prepared because I did yeah, not. Yeah, well, go me. Uh, uh, no, I wasn't, wasn't being sarcastic. I was actually like complimenting you. <laughs> no, I you don't have to be a dick about it. Jesus. <laughs> I don't know how my ego can't be like placated or whatever because of the <laughs> shirt. I keep forgetting that's over there, and then I look to my right. There's a shirt it with my face me. on it. <laughs> uh, anywho, uh, things beer uh, stouts. I wanted to oh, talk stoots. about. I mean, we are in January, going into February. We're in stout season. Yeah, we are in full blast stout season. But I was going to say that you know, if we're looking at the numbers <clears throat> from a commercial standpoint, I don't know what the hell this has to do with homebrewing. And I guess maybe yeah, it doesn't matter. It's I don't beer related. talk about yeah. homebrew things. I used to talk about beer things. But um, very soon, um, I, I, what is it? It'll be February. As you listen to this, it'll be into in February. Yep. February. But um, by this time, we will have already stopped brewing uh, stouts for the year. And right around the time that you listen to this, we'll probably be um, gearing up for spring, right? Well, yeah, we'll be tasting and blending our barrel age stuff. Then that will be released. And then by the end of February, we will be completely done dealing with stouts. And we will be starting to brew the base beer for the Shandy. When Um, are you guys releasing your blends? um, So Wednesday, February 12th. Uh, we're going to be tasting barrels uh, and assessing which ones are good, bad, need to sit, need to get dumped, etc. And then on February 20, which is a Friday, I think. Yes. Is that Good Guy Buddies D&D? That is Good Guy Buddies D&D. Yeah. So then that day we're going to do the blending. So you're not going to be sober for Good Guys Buddies D&D? No, the not going to be sober day is the tasting. Day, oh, okay, okay. So the blending day is a little different. So that's when we actually like 
blend the barrels together. Oh, okay. The tasting set. I mean, we'll taste a little bit, but we won't. It won't be too crazy. We do have to like maintain until seven p.m. when everybody gets there to play Dungeons and Dragons. So, uh, it's a Friday. I'll be there. I can be there at five. That is bad to the bone. Maybe we can get this rolling at six as long right. as Tall Bob can be in. So, long story short, um, it's kind of funny to think about, but very soon within you know a few weeks or so, like it, it'll, that's it. We won't be brewing any more stout for a very long time. Um, the next thing after uh, the base beer for the Shandy would actually be the Oktoberfest, which gets brewed for a very short period of time, and then we'll be back to stouts again. So, Oh, nice. We, uh, in December and January, start thinking about um, the planning for the spring stuff. It's, I mean, like, as as somebody who's not in that in a, industry, it's interesting that you have to think that far out. Of, well, but I mean, it makes sense. Think about how long yeah. a logger takes. No, it, it, like it absolutely makes sense when I actually think about it. But I just had never thought it's about it. It's a little bit shocking, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're rolling into year two, and you know, and by the time, um, you know, by the time we get to June, we're at year two and a half. Yeah. Know? So, uh, or maybe even a little bit earlier than that. So, yeah, that's kind of where, where my head's at. What about you, man? Very cool. Um, I mean, I'm in stout clouds too, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I mentioned last week that I'm brewing again. Uh, and so I'm brewing another beer because yeah, I have you, two fermenters. You say that like you're like, I'm on drugs again. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Well, no, actually I went back the other day and I have all empty fermenters except for, um, a couple of sours. One's three years old and one is six. Um, that's insane. So dude. I'm gonna blend those. Wow. Uh, so that'll be a that'll be a thing that we'll talk about in the future here. Uh, but yeah, no. So I am actually. Uh, so I was looking for nice, easy drinking things that I wanted on tap because we went from big oaf to I want something drinkable, right? Yeah, so no kidding, man. I'm going to do a. Uh, I'm gonna reach back into the ESC and pull one of those recipes out uh, that I really liked, and then I'm going to do an Irish stout. The Every Style Challenge. Yes, yes, the Every Style Challenge. Uh, so I am doing a very simple uh, bill on this. Uh, it is uh, basically 60% um, crisp two-row, uh, 25% flaked barley, and like 13%... Or I guess there's fifteen percent. There's there's other things and there's like oh well, these are just round numbers of uh, roasted barley for that roastiness, um, and then uh, EKG at sixty for forty IBUs. So that's how what gravity wise like what are we talking here? Um, ten forty. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so it so should be about a 4%. should be drinkable. Go easy on the roast. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just enough to get it that, like, that Guinnessy roastness. Yeah. Um, I'm figuring, I, and I'm, I think I'm going to play with the mash a little bit this time um, and add the roast later in. Uh, well, not, not like, not later in, but, like, on the top. So it, I'm trying to not get too much drop from that, but. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your pH you know I mean? should still be in range. Yep. And, I mean, this might be one of those situations. That to, a little bit of acid. Well, I always keep acid malt on just, yeah. to, just to futz with. I just stopped writing it into my recipes because sometimes I need it, sometimes I don't. Yeah. I mean, if you're checking your pH, then yeah, you can mm-hmm. add as needed and give it a little stir. It's yep. not a big deal. 
you can't go back. You can always go forward. Exactly. So yeah, that sounds uh, sounds, yeah. sounds uh, like and a then nice use uh, the Y East uh, or no, actually, I'm using the Omega Irish Ale that I have Ooh, not used. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Switch it up a little bit. Yeah, okay. Okay. What do, what do they want uh, temp wise on that? Sounds like it'd be a little bit lower, maybe. Um, let me double check. Um, Omega Irish. Get some Bailey's. like some esters in there that you maybe want to. Yeah, I think I think it's a little lower. Um, but us, uh, uh, they're recommending uh, sixty four on the low end. Yeah, I was gonna say you're um, probably talking sixty four, sixty five. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Irish ale strain I I, is I a good I, fermenter with a reliable average flock and a hint of fruit at low at the lowest recommended temperatures, yeah. which increases the complexity at higher temps. I'm talking esters or um, like your if you if we're talking fruit, then yeah. You're, yep. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's a British ale strain, but mm-hmm. I've had really good luck with the Omega yeast lately, um, and so I wanted to try the Irish, see how it goes. That makes and sense. they're local, fine yeast. Well, local-ish. They're Chicago, so eh, close enough. We're in no man's land, Wisconsin. So, well, I mean, we're close to the cities. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? Like, we <laughs> didn't we talk about this earlier? Like. People that aren't, yeah, yeah, and people that are not from the cities but live in the cities call the cities the cities, yeah. But people that are from the cities that are like, I'm from Minneapolis. Well, yeah, well, so or, I'm from St. Paul. I, so that's <laughs> I, I like, I, I have a theory on that, and I don't uh, know if this is the right show to get into this theory. That's but fair. we're going. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're going down this rabbit hole now. I don't think Bjorn will email about this. Though. He might. Uh, <laughs> so. It's it's a it's it's a matter of scaling and where you're located. So, yeah. like when I'm uh, overseas or whatever, or like no, in when I'm in from other parts of Wisconsin, um, or like or not in Wisconsin, but like other parts of the the U.S., I will say either I'm from Wisconsin or I'm from the Twin Cities area. Yeah, right. Um, if I'm talking to other people from Wisconsin, I say I'm from River Falls. Say River Falls, yeah. Like, and if you're from like just nobody gives a shit what suburb or no. like where you're at, like in in the Twin Cities area. If I'm overseas or if I'm in any other state, I just say Minneapolis. See, and uh, yeah, but people don't. I mean, if you say Hudson, Wisconsin, they're like, "What?" Even people in like Madison and Milwaukee are like, "Oh, you're from way up there," and it's like, "Dude, we're t- ten or t- you know twenty minutes from yeah from, the cities from the cities from." Well, I mean, we're I would say we're ten from the cities because like I would say like Oakdale is like where I, the city starts. I would start. agree with you, yeah, because that's kind of where I grew up. So yeah. That's, anyway, it's just a ma- it's it's just a matter of perspective. Yes. All right. So, should we talk about handling some yeast, some wrangling? Yes. Woo! I don't know what to expect out of this, but let's let's. Let it what do you mean you don't know what to expect? I didn't really read this. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay. I didn't do the homework that I was supposed to do. <laughs> All right. So, yeast handling. Yeast handling refers to the best practices uh, when work. Best practices when working and harvesting with yeast. Harvesting yeast. We're basically going to be focusing on yeast collection today, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, we'll probably talk about yeast storage in the future. Um, I didn't think we had quite enough time tonight to talk about that. Uh, so to maintain a pure culture, uh, some things that you need to follow, uh, you need to avoid drafts. Basically, that's like moving air around like when you're moving yeast around. This, these are basically just things to uh, make sure that you're not contaminating yeast. 
Um, use either a staler environment or an open flame during transfers. Uh, minimize pouring from one container to another. Use uh, foil or other sanitary covers. Foil is your friend. Remember that. Foil, good. Yeah, Just, no, yeah. We, t- <laughs> we talked about that last, epi- last yeah. episode. Uh, and then the, one of the ones on here is is using a 70% alcohol spray or an, or another kind of sanitizer. Uh, you might think uh, that uh, using a 90% is more effective. It is not. Yeah, I actually read a there's a, a, a Reddit thread yeah. like last week about that. Uh, we will let you do your own research on why 70% alcohol spray is better than 90 and why sometimes in the lab we actually... There is a liquor store. Um, I don't know how it is where you guys live, but in Wisconsin, you can have a liquor store off sale in a bar. So there's a bar next door with an off sale liquor store, and we buy what is called Everclear, which is what, 180 proof? Yep. And sometimes that is the best, and it's better than 70 or 90, but that's for different stuff. So a uh, little, little on the complex side for our purposes. Uh, but using a 70% sprayer, other appropriate sanding works really well. And then practicing general, just general cleanliness. And as we always say, cleaning, sanitizing, and sterilizing are three different things. Yep. Uh, but all very important in their own way. Correct. All right. So yeast collection. Um, it's common practice in commercial brewing uh, to harvest yeast for reuse. Yeah. It's This is, I have to say, this is one of kind of the coolest um, but most difficult and complex things and, and like, seriously, you guys, like really cool thing that we can reuse this yeast and that um, the different generations can and will, um, depending on how you treat them, that will do different, do different things to the beer. Um, so you need to really be thoughtful about how that works. Well, it's also unique in to brewing. Like there's mm-hmm. no other fermentation, I guess maybe cider. Um, or low-level well, mead that could do it, I but... Mean, well, like, as far as fermented beverages Fermented go, like beverages sourdough go. Sourdough and kombucha are different. Yeah, because you're... Yeah, you're... You can, you can reuse kombucha, scoby... Yeah. Um, I- infinitely, but that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. So. But, yeah, no, but, like, winemakers can't reuse their yeast. No. Like, if you're... Distilling. Distilling can't, um, just because of the amount of alcohol that you're looking at and other factors. So, yeah, it's, it's very unique to brewing that we're looking at how multiple different generations of yeast can affect things and stuff like that. It's very cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, usually it's harvita- harvested once fermentation is finished, um, but that's not the only time that you can harvest. You can uh, Harvesting early lets the brewer uh, pull the yeast, uh, then may break down to autolysis, um, but usually the yeast is discarded or used as nutrient in the brew kettle. Is, is, uh, when it's used correctly, um, yeah, dead yeast cells can act as food. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's not reused because, uh, and any living yeast isn't in there because it will result in lower attenuation mm-hmm. because that's the slow yeast. Yeah. We, we've talked about it's better to have a healthy colony. That's small than a large colony that's unhealthy. I need to come up with a new metaphor now. (laughs) I I think I've used two different ones. I don't don't think I have one. Dang it. It's true. Uh, (laughs) That being said, there are two different places that you can harvest yeast from. uh, When it's coming out of a fermenter. Uh, The bottom and the top. 
so if you give enough time, uh, all yeast will eventually reach the bottom. It'll all, and we call that flocculation. They kind of get together and they head to the bottom. Um, so uh, we'll talk about the the lesser, the lesser used one, I guess. And we're we're talking from the U.S. side. I know there's other countries, specifically um, England, does a lot of uh, top uh, top cropping with some of their traditional ales. Uh, but in the U.S. here, it's not super common. Um, homebrew level, a little bit more common, but still not incredibly common. Uh, so top cropping is, so ale strains, as we know, are top fermenting uh, yeast. So uh, during fermentation, the flocculants adhere to the CO2. They rise to the top. We get a big uh, croisin, is what we call it. Um, and so that that yeast that's in that in that foamy mess is super active and super, like, virulent and ready to rock and roll, right? So we can take that, um, or, like, I guess crop it. I was going to say when we're at a high croissant like that, that's a terrible time to dip, is, dip down into the colony to take a sample for um, yeast cell counting. Because all the yeast, because all up, the yeast is there, it's all up in the foam. Yep, it's uh, it, yeah, you you can't you can't count that no. because you're going to get a very skewed sample. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so we can take that, um, and that is the like it is the best quality like yeast that you're going to get because it's free from trub, it's highly viable, it's very like it has it has high vitality, it's it is like in its prime. Um, and then, so after 12 hours, after the first 12 hours, many ale strains will rise to the top and remain there for three to four days. So in that time, you have a window to harvest. Um, and you can harvest at any time during that period. Using this uh, method, you can turn around the same yeast much quicker than you can with bottom cropping. Because it, you know, in a couple of days is at the top. Right. Um, do you have any experience with top cropping or not? No, really? it's just okay. To, it sounds. Well, I mean, even at the homebrew level, I wasn't sure if you. No, have any. that either. No, okay. no. So I'm. I never got that complex with my homebrewing. I mean, I, I, you know, one one thing I was gonna note or like a weird anecdote. There's a cool book called Brew Like a Monk, and I think this is in there. But like these monasteries, they use this like POF positive yeast strain. And they've got so much of it that they're like using these, what I would assume, sanitized shovels to like shovel yeast into a container to give it to the other monastery. <laughs> this is kind of an anecdotal from that book. I think it's from Brew Like a Monk. It's either that or it's one of the other. I mean, there, there's tons of really cool yeah. um, brewing books out there, but that I don't know what made me think of that. But I mean, stop cropping. Yeah. Like literally it says in there you can use whatever instrument you want including a shovel. It does. Like it does. in the book it says that. No shit. Yep. <laughs> Maybe that's where I read it. <laughs> I have the memory of a gnat sometimes and other times I'm like where did I pull it's that from, bro? It's a rusty steel trap, man. Rusty steel. <laughs> Don't get caught in that shit. Anyway. I mean, it's really hard, but once it's in there, it's not leaving. Oh, God's sake. All right. Um, anyway. Yeah, so harvest at any time. Um, using this method, yep. Uh, yep. So the, the big downfall of this is you're exposing the yeast to the environment around it. 
And, and I mean, you know, like I, I think I said this last episode, but there's so much like wild yeast and bacteria floating around in, in the atmosphere and the environment. And f- frankly, like when we get these batches of malt in and once we start like sticking it through the, the mill or the cracker or whatever you're supposed to call it legally, um, that's going to start shooting all these like bacterias and lactic and all this stuff all throughout the air. And so this is what we're talking about as far as the environment goes. Yeah. I mean, if you've got a SCOBY going in your kitchen, if you do sourdough, if you, uh, you know, I don't know if you like scratch your beard, you know, I mean. Was it Rogue who did the the Rogue? Yeah. And then actually, like very recently, Ethan cultured um, some yeast from his beard that is growing in an incubator at the brewery currently. Oh, so, nice. No. Yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> it is. Yeah, he's streak, streaking a plate with beard yeast and you know, see what it looks like, you know. <laughs> um, I mean, there's worse places to pull yeast from, I'm just saying. Uh, so a few, like, you, you, there are breweries that uh, in the U.S. that uh, top, crop, top crop are few and far between. Um, we're talking about some real expensive equipment. And, you know, I mean, when the uh, two episodes ago we were talking about most breweries, I'd say the 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 vast majority of breweries do not have a lab. Yeah, and this would I would say the equipment limitation piece is what kind of. Well, I mean, one is. thing like the easiest way to crop or a crop top top crop, <laughs> shock top. Yeah, is uh, is with like a uh, with an open fermenter, right? And that's just not something you see much. Anymore. I know of one brewery in Wisconsin that has an open fermenter. I know of one in Minnesota. I know of one in Minnesota. Wait, which one do you know? Maybe we know two. No. Shells has one. Yeah. yeah Shells okay. in Minnesota and then New Glarus. Has, yep. Yeah. And they will open ferment cow, spotted cow, and it will have more banana. Yep. Yeah. So when if you ever have a batch of cow that tastes a little... A little banana-y. Yeah. A little estery. They had, they had like you know, from, you know, whatever, you know, if anyone wants to challenge me on it, that's just what I heard anecdotally. So whatever. All right. Um, so, uh, then you like, so certain yeasts can't be top crop just cause you're not going to get enough, but most English and Belgian strains and German Weizen strains can, um, like these ones don't flocculate as much and they yep. tend to float around a ton. Like mm-hmm. if you've ever fermented a, uh, English, Belgian or German Weizen strain and you've looked in your carboy, it looks like, it looks like a galaxy. It looks like it all, it, it almost looks like, you know, star Wars when they're in the millennium Falcon and going into hyperdrive or whatever. Yeah. So it's just flying around everywhere. So. Um, yeah, so, and then, like, the equipment that you're using, like, if you're using closed fermenters, you can't really get at the top. Um, timing, if you wait too long, you can't top crop. Fermenter geometry, like, again, like, your equipment plays a lot into whether you can do this or not. Um, but, so, timing and technique, so, if you, if you are able to, here's, here's kind of what you need to know. By day one or two, you should have, like, that thick croisin going on. And then you can you can start skimming. So your first skim, um, and we're gonna get into this a little bit more when we're talking about bottom cropping. But there's like kind of the same. Like the first the first bits are unusable. So like for this is a different reason. Contains too much protein, um, and so you're not gonna get a good uh, like a good yield off of this. The protein is gonna hinder yeast growth and cause some issues. So just get rid of that. Just like that goes away. 
But the the second and third or whatever, like that you're skimming off of there, you're gonna get um, a lot better. Uh, like that that yeast is gonna be primo. Very nice yeast, <laughs> ready to go. It's the good shit, man. It's the best yeast that we've ever seen, and it's great. <laughs> um, so you want to use uh, clean and sanitized stainless. Uh, whatever to collect the yeast a spoon shovel shovel, like (laughs) whatever wood was used in the past you can still use wood but it's harder to sanitize wood than it is stainless so just use stainless it's you're going to be happier that way we're not supposed to have unsealed wood anywhere in the brewery i think we lost internet oh shit that's that's a bit of an issue oh well not super important um sorry andy uh and then uh, yeah, uh, then you want to make sure that you're emptying what you've collected into a cleaned and sanitized storage container. And remember, this is active yeast, like extremely active yeast, so make sure that you can release any pressure that it's going to build up. Yeah, you're going to want want what's called a PRV, or pressure relief valve. Why did this just not, like, that was so dumb. Sorry. I got distracted. I know. I got. I can see a frozen screen of my scraggly-looking hairy ass. Well, I mean, not my ass, my face ass. It looks like it's coming back just slowly. Lovely. All right, um, so <clears throat> wood, like Casey was saying, wood was used in the past, um, but stainless is obviously easier to work with. Um, from a Department of Agriculture standpoint, you can't really have unsealed wood in the back of the brewery anyway. Um, moving on, if you empty your collection into... Are you sure you can't? I'm quite... Like, oh, no, no, but like, uh, like what, what do you mean by... Un- so, like, wouldn't a barrel be unsealed wood? Uh, that is for stuff that's sitting in the production area. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I, I missed I missed part of what you said then. Well, I mean, like, using a wooden mash paddle or having a piece of wood that like a wooden pallet that you set your leaky beer on. Okay. Um, but in any case, uh, you would empty your yeast collection into a clean and sanitized storage container. Stainless is excellent. Um, use a PRV. Uh, moving on to bottom cropping. Yeah, so this is the most common technique. So I'm going to kind of let Brian take this one because he has a lot of experience with this. Sure. Um, so this is, you know, generally this is when... Uh, well, not generally, it is when the beer is done uh, fermenting is when you would uh, collect from bottom cropping. So the most, this is the most common collection technique in the U.S. Uh, particularly and for home brewers. Uh, so this is mostly because of the rise in conical fermenters that have uh, valves or what's called a racking arm. And the racking arm is variable. You can turn it and it'll pull yeast from different spots and you know we want to think about it like a like a an ice cream sandwich so you've got the cookie part on top and the cookie part on bottom and the ice cream in the middle Uh, the ice cream part in the middle is where you want to turn your racking arm and harvest from Uh, or if you're harvesting from the bottom of the cone you want to dump the um it's going to be it it won't necessarily be mixed it'll settle um so you're gonna have dead yeast troop at the bottom and the slower yeast that was slower to flock that's not the best possible stuff that didn't do its job and it's just kind of laying on the top lazy so we're going to get rid of that bottom part and then we've we're good to harvest and then we leave the top part 
And a good way to get an idea is if since we're all as homebrewers, you know, you guys were working in um, clear vessels, uh, it's easy to see what it looks like. Another good way is to give it a quick taste, um, smell, taste. I mean, use use your senses um, and take a look at it, take a little taste of it. Um, so bottom cropped yeast will you know, it'll be partially mixed with bad yeast, dead yeast, true, but it's negligible enough as long as you pull from the middle. Um, when we were talking about uh, the rise in conical fermenters, um, that's just, it's just the best geometry uh, to ferment beer. Um, and the way the cooling systems work for conical fermenters, it gives us a better opportunity for convection because it's smaller at the bottom, so it's colder. And heat rises, and then once again it goes back down. And, and so I, so I, and like so I, I was, I was reading something earlier, and I'm, I'm curious. Um, your like at, at the brewery, do you have a separate jacket for the cone, and then one for the top, or absolutely? No? Okay, just to keep the, because I was reading the that the yeast is such a good insulator that like the middle of that can be ten degrees warmer than everything else easily. Okay. Yeah, I've definitely seen the core temps in excess of 10 degrees, which is why with conical and with um, glycol jacketing, uh, you want as much movement as possible in there to keep the, the temp more even instead of like if it's just sitting there um, with a jacket that's all the same temperature and the, the vessel is like just like a, if it were just like a cylinder, for example, versus a cone. Um, you wouldn't get the, the sort of the, the, con- convection. the convection that you would need to kind of keep the core, okay. core temperature moving right. from 10 degrees. Because a 10 degrees differential when you're trying to ferment, like we were just talking about that Irish yeast. Yeah, that absolutely huge. needs to be at 64. And then you are absolutely going to need to think about what's what's called a diacetyl rest, which I'm certain we've talked about. Yep. So um, that said, um, you, where were we? do, 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 do. do. Uh, bottom crop yeast is going to be blah, blah, blah. Uh, so t- as far as timing and technique goes, uh, you want to collect it as, as quickly as possible after the fermentation is complete because that's when it's at, it's still at its um, viable and most vital. So um, we did not get into the difference between, in this episode, that is, uh, the difference between vitality and viability. Those yep. are two different things. Yeah, we'll be getting there soon. We will. So, um, so you want to collect the yeast as quickly as possible. The longer you leave, the more the yeast will use uh, reserves and break down. Um, cold crashing it is is pretty much required, required. right? Required. Um, so when you are harvesting from a conical, you discard the first third. We kind of almost already went over this. Actually, we did. Discard the first third. Um, bad cells, dead cells, trube, trub, however you want to put it. Uh, the second third is what you want right there, the ice cream. Uh, it's the best for repitching. Um, and it, it did what it was supposed to, and this is another good, I mean, if you want to think about it in the natural selection sort of way, this is you're naturally selecting yep. that middle part. Um, and then you want to discard the last third. This is low performers, low flock. They aren't as agreeable. They don't want to party. They want to be alone. They're And they're excessively attenuative. Uh, so they'll go for um, only simple sugars, and they're lazy. Um, without a conical, uh, it's a lot harder to ferment the good yeast. Um, Harvest the good yeast. What did I say? Ferment. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Without a conical fermenter, it's it's harder to uh, harvest uh, the good yeast. Um, buckets and carboys, the option uh, is to harvest the entire cake. 
And I think I've talked about 150 times about how I got lazy and just started using buckets. And then I would pitch work right on top, right of, on the top cake, of it, which you can, which is totally fine. If you haven't done that, um, try it. Yeah. Yeah. Just it's, just throw new wort right on top of the mm-hmm. cake. Um, there is a, a process called yeast washing, which we can talk about. Uh, yep, another that time. is that's coming up. Um, yeah, because you'll have to do that if you want to save this yeast and store yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk about yeast storage and rinsing, I think, next mm-hmm. episode. Yep, rinsing or washing, whichever. So yep. you want to leave about a so if you are going to harvest the cake uh, without getting too deep, you want to leave about uh, one liter of beer on the yeast to keep a fluid. How are you going to know it's one liter? I don't know. Just uh, eyeball you, it. Well, yeah, you, you want, like, this is not an exact science. No. I mean, it can be, but you don't need it to be. Um, and if you want to get all of your beer out of there and you don't want to leave that leader behind, mm-hmm. one, leave the leader behind. Uh, but if you don't, if you really, really don't for whatever reason, um, you can you can add sterilized water in. Like, as, as long as it's clean, you can just add a little bit of water back in. Well, then the leaving the leader will help with um, when you're trying to shake the yep. fermenter to break up the yep. cake and then pour the slurry into a different container yep. if that's what you're trying to do. Yeah, basically all we're looking here is enough liquid to make it so that sludge at the bottom is pourable. So you'll, yeah, and oh, I already got to this point, so I'm running down the list of points here. But yeah, you'll have to rinse the yeast before repitching, which, I mean, it, it's good to do. Yep. You don't necessarily have to. Well, but if you go from, if you're fermenting a stout and then you want to ferment a pale ale... Like of the same gravity, yeah, rinse, um, which we'll get into. Um, but moving on. There's one last thing here. This is more of a discussion topic that I want to talk about <laughs> one more time because I really hate this. Um, secondary fermentation, uh, 155, is bullshit. And that's where I stand. And so basically, um, a lot of people, when we're talking about this, you're racking off into a second uh, basic uh, or... Like, to do a secondary fermentation. You're not doing any fermentation at that point. You're just aging your beer. It's not... The fermentation's over. It's done. Yeah, I was going to say, this is kind of similar to that whole adage where it's like, once the lager is out of the fermenter and into a keg, it's not lagering anymore. It's just getting old. Um, So, that being said, moving to a secondary fermenter is... It's not secondary fermentation. You're moving into a bright tank. You're moving it into a bright tank, and and you don't have a bright tank as a home brewer. Maybe you do. Yeah. Well, but, you, well, but you don't like you don't need it. No. It doesn't. Your beer's done. It's done. Um, you're only subjecting your beer to oxygen and atmosphere, which is if you've listened to the last three episodes, that's not something that you want to. I do. mean, if you listen to the last three episodes, we've been talking about how oxygen is good. Right, but on the on the, <laughs> no. on, the, on the back end, oxygen bad. Yeah, um, so. uh, yeah, no. So don't like, don't worry. Like, it, so once you once your beer is done and you're like ready to harvest that yeast and you're using a bucket or whatever, move it into a bottling bucket or move it into a uh, a keg. Don't worry about trying to do your secondary fermentation. That is just an old, old thing. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I had to say about that. I just wanted, I just wanted to bring that up because I haven't had a very controversial opinion in a while, and I don't know if that's <laughs> controversial. But some people, I know people who like swear by a secondary fermentation. Nah, I don't get it. 
I don't get it. Though, I will say, if you want to add fruit and reuse your yeast cake, you do need to add fruit in a different fermenter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, biotransformation is another thing that'll destroy, that'll destroy, that'll destroy, destroy your yeast. Yep. Uh, yeah, so everything we talked about is, has a big caveat, where if you're using Doesn't fruit always? or biotransform or really anything kind of bonkers with your beer, I guess bonkers might be the right word, might not be the right word. But if you're doing something like non-traditional with your beer, like you're not going to be able to reuse that yeast essentially. Right. Oh well, yeah, that, there's a there's a microphone there. Shh. All right. Is there, is there anything with my fucking hand. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to add? Nope. You, you don't want to bonk that one more time? I'm brand new. Maybe I will. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. No podcast I, I feel before. like if there's if there's a new uh, new listener for these three episodes, they're gonna be like, "Oh man, these guys hate each other." Like, <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, what what if you're a new listener? What you need to do is listen to some of the other shows on this podcast network. For Darn example, right. the Department of Defense. <laughs> I thought I thought you had like a whole spiel that you're going into. No, tabletop I, theater, the legends of Lothos, legends, uh, old episodes of this show, uh, Soundwave, Soundwave, yeah. Um, Until they do a Doom rules of the arena, rules, no the story arena. left behind. Oh yes, yes, yes. All of those. All right, guys. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and choose an email at feedback at blindersstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindersstudios. Follow us on Twitter at blinderscore ninja. I'll see you guys next week. Peace.